You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. All right, so let us say hello to Lauren Murphy, who competed this past Saturday night in the co-main event of UFC 266. It did not go her way in her first bid to become a UFC world champion against Valentina Shevchenko, but she is kind enough to join us a few days later to talk all about it, which I greatly appreciate. And the dogs are here too, which is no surprise to me or anybody else. Lauren, thank you for doing this. How are you? I'm pretty good, man. All things considered, I'm doing all right. There you go. Well, well, first off, let, let's just say the odds of being a mixed martial artist and getting to the UFC, not very high. Earning a world title <laughs> opportunity in the UFC, super rare thing in this sport. But you earned your shot. You did it the hard way. You got in there with the fighter that many believe is the pound for pound best on planet Earth right now. How would you describe how it all feels four days later, the fight, the fourth round, the overall feeling of, of your first title fight in the UFC? Uh, it's okay. It's like a lot of mixed emotions, you know, especially after a hard loss like that, like, um, Valentina is definitely a different level, you know, like I I've never competed with anybody like that before. Like, um, her, her pressure on top, like the way I couldn't move on the ground, like that's never really happened to me before. (laughs) And, um, yeah, just like the level of her striking and even just the way she competes, like um, just she's very present and aware the whole time. Oh, we got the whole we got the whole plan now. But anyway, she's um she's incredible. It was pretty it was pretty crazy to be in there with somebody that that level, you know, because I've truly never really competed with anybody that level before. And um, I don't remember the fourth round, really. <laughs> so I guess that's pretty good. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, it's a bummer to lose. It's always a bummer to lose. And it's the first time I've ever been finished. Um, I think it was a good stoppage. I was pretty out of it by the time the ref pulled her off of me. So um, yeah, it, it, it's definitely like not the outcome we wanted, but uh, to be honest with you, it was pretty cool being in there with a martial artist of her caliber. Like that's, um, that's a pretty cool experience. That must be what it's like. Like when people play one-on-one with Michael Jordan or like, I don't know, maybe that's how people, maybe that's how guys felt when they were fighting Khabib or something. Cause like, I, it really was, it was like, holy shit. Like this girl's on another level, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's so, so much to, to unpack with what you just said there. I mean, 
just first off, like fighting for a title, it's, it's different. There's a lot more media, a lot more obligations, a lot more spotlight. It's just a different feeling in this division in particular, because I'm sure because like, it doesn't, headline a lot of cards like women's 125 doesn't headline a lot of cards oftentimes like even bouts featuring top 10 fighters on each side don't even get on a main card so it's like going from one thing to a whole other extreme it would seem especially in this division but before we get into the fight more specifically like how did you enjoy the build the fight week in general last week you know, it was awesome. Uh, I actually always really like fight week. Like it's like, okay, all the hard work is done. Now we get to grab some fun. You get a bunch of attention. Like it's like, you can almost breathe that sigh of relief and like all the rewards that you've been putting off for the whole fight camp are like right around the corner, you know? So that was good. Um, the one thing about fight week, I wish I could change really was we got to fight week and the first day we were there on Tuesday my head coach tested positive for COVID. So, uh, Alex Cisne couldn't, he couldn't be with us all of fight week. He couldn't corner me on fight night. And that was a big deal for us really. Um, man, that sucked <laughs> because, you know, I'd worked with him so closely throughout the camp and, uh, he's the guy that does all the game planning. Like I'm, I mean, I'm nine and nine and one, I guess, kind of with Alex, but I was nine and oh going into this fight with Alex in my corner and, um, anyway, I guess that's the one thing that I was really like, ah, fuck. So when we found that out on Tuesday, when he tested positive for COVID, the UFC quarantined him and, uh, made him leave the fighter hotel and said he couldn't corner me on Saturday. And so at first we were like thinking maybe we would pull out of the fight, you know? Um, like I was like, I, I need to have my coach there. Like I need to have my coach there, you know? And, um, I don't know. I was, I just, we just ended up deciding not to, like I was healthy. I wasn't, I didn't have any injuries. I wasn't, you know, sick. There was like the odds of me showing up to a title fight again at some point being in that good of health, I think probably weren't very good, you know? And, um, I didn't know, I didn't know if we pulled out of the fight. Like I, I was like, well, let's play it out. Like, sorry, the dog just freaked out. Um, if I pull, if I pull out of the fight, like what would happen? Like probably they'd put Cynthia in. Cause I'm sure Valentina would still want to fight. You know, they'd probably put Cynthia in and then I'd have to fight another number one contender fight just to get back to the title again. And like, it just seemed like too much, um, like we'd been through too much, you know, to call it at that point. But I was pretty bummed that Alex couldn't be there to corner. So like we had gotten it cleared through the commission that he could actually be like in an earpiece in um, Paris's ear. Paris is the fourth corner guy. And he was just basically coming to warm me up. And so we were like, well, he could watch the fight. Like, I guess on mute, you know, like with the commission sitting there that way, like, anyway, they, they didn't want any like cheating or anything, but it was like, either let me have my coach or, you know, this can be a big problem. So anyway, um, he watched the fight on mute, like with the commission sitting there with him and, um, would talk into Paris as your piece, but he was on like a full minute delay. So we would be in the corner. Yeah. He, That's crazy. In the corner. Yeah. And like, he would have something to say, but already the next round started, you know what I mean? So it was, um, kind of a shit show. Not really the way I like envisioned that <laughs> happening. Go on YouTube, get out of here. They're like rough housing. <laughs> go on but anyway that that's like the one thing that i really wish could have um i guess gone differently because he's he was important in the corner and then joe kind of had to do two jobs 
And um, Alex is a really good striker. He's a good striking coach. And so anything that was happening on the feet between Valentina and I, Joe felt a little lost. Like Joe felt like he didn't have the experience to like guide me through that, you know, and Bob Perez was still there, but Bob's just giving me the basics. Like, you know, keep your foot on the outside circle to the left, keep your hands up, you know? So anyway, everything else was good though. The media was fun. Um, it was a cool buildup. Like Valentina's a cool chick. She wasn't shitty at all during the week or even after the fight. Like she was really cool after the fight. So yeah, everything else I would give, I would give the weekend probably like a six out of 10, like didn't enjoy getting finished very much. And I really wish my coach could have been there, <laughs> but other than that, everything was pretty good. <laughs> That's wild. Like how, how close were you guys from just saying, nah, like we're, we're just, we'll just wait. Like, was it close? Would you say like on a scale of one to 10, did you get to like a six or that other side? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, uh, the first day it happened. So Tuesday we got there and, uh, that's when we found out Alex had COVID. And so I called my manager was staying in the hotel with us, Lou DeBono. And so we all sat down and talked as a team. Like, do we want to go forward with our, you know, that's my head coach. Like Derek Lewis wouldn't fight without Bob Perez in his corner. I was like, dude, would Valentina fight if like Pavel fucking tested for COVID, you know, like, I don't know. It was a, it was a hard choice to make, but, um, yeah, we were close to just calling the fight really pretty close. And it, I slept on it. I was like, let me sleep on it for a day and see where we're at like Wednesday morning. And, um, I just felt like, uh, I felt like I had to do it. Like, I didn't know what the reaction would be if I pulled out of the fight, the week of the fight, I was sure Valentina still wanted to fight. Um, I didn't know if I was going to get another title shot. I didn't know if I would still ever be like, I didn't know the UFC might pull me and they'd be like, well, that's fine. We'll pull you. You don't have to fight, but in order to fight Valentina, you're going to have to win another contendership fight. And I was kind of like, okay, well then we don't know. We might not be back here for another year. So, and then of course, in hindsight, I'm like, yeah, we should have done that. (laughs) (laughs) But in the moment you just don't know. And I was like, you know, I, I, I just uh, think this is the right choice to make. You know, I just, you know, in the moment you just don't know, but yeah, we were pretty close to just pulling the fight all together. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the psychology around the whole build of it all, like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious about that because, you know, anybody about to fight Valentina, you're, you're trying to get focused. You're trying to put yourself in a headspace to, to pull something off that not a lot of people are giving you a chance to do. And then it's press conference and interviews. It's just constant. You're this, you're this big of an underdog. Like how can you possibly win this fight? All of it. Like, what was that part? Like you seem to like be th- sort of thriving in it. Like you were ready for all that stuff, but like, was it a little taxing after a while? Like, I mean, listen, I, I know I'm an underdog. Like I know a lot of people aren't giving me a chance, but like, I know this already, leave me alone. Kind of, uh, on one hand, like on one hand, yeah, it was like, change the channel, you guys. <laughs> but on the other hand, like on the other hand, like what, what else would anybody be asking me about when people asked me like, what do you bring to this fight? That's different. I was like, uh, I'm tough, you know, <laughs> uh, but I don't have like an elite world kickboxing background, you know, like I have a, I have a pretty elite jujitsu background but it's not like mckenzie dern or something you know what i mean so like yeah i was like uh honestly i just didn't really know what to tell people because like i don't know i'm tough i think i'm tougher than any of these girls she's fought i think i have a better team i think i have a better game plan and then it was like the head coach like couldn't be there anyway and then honestly we got into the fight in the first round one of the first exchanges um valentina cracked me with a right hook i think 
And I remember thinking like, I'm not going to be tough through that. Like that's going to hurt me. You know, <laughs> I remember thinking like, nope, being tough was a bad idea. <laughs> it was a bad game plan. <laughs> that's so why I like, so you knew like right away after that first right hand, you're like, Oh boy, this is uh this, this could get rough. Yeah. Yeah. Because I could like, first of all, I couldn't see it. Like I couldn't see it coming at me. And that's a big problem. You know, it's like you, if you get hit by a strike, you see that's one thing, but for it to come out of nowhere, that was, that was something else really. Um, I felt like I was really well prepared for like all her spinning attacks. Um, I felt like I was well prepared for her left kick. Yeah. Like her big left kick that she likes. I felt like we had prepared really well for that. And so that kind of stuff wasn't hurting me, but, um, yeah, that right hook hurt me and it hurt me early. And so, uh, I got, I got pretty timid. I didn't really want to like, you know, get in there and mix it up. I remember at one point I went to go do something with my jab and I kind of extended it and Valentina, it was in like the second or third round. Valentina kind of moved her head and ducked and she was like looking right at me and she had this look on her face. Like she just couldn't wait for me to fucking throw it. Because like she had a really good counter plan, you know, and so the look on her face was like, "Yeah, do it." And man, I said, "Nope, I put that hand right back." <laughs> I said, "Never mind." <laughs> I mean, you, you are know, handling this like a champ, Lord. I gotta tell you, it was wild, and I I think I did a good job staying calm and like, um, you know, I did things to the best of my ability. But I'd be lying if I said it didn't get in my head a little bit that Alex wasn't there you know it was kind of a shit show uh trying to include him via fucking phone or facetime or whatever like we got it we got it cleared through the commission like can my coach be on a fucking earbud you know we'll do the best we can and the commission was like yeah that's fine and then we got to the arena and uh the ufc came back to the locker room they said no that's not fine you can't do that like you can't have your coach on a fucking earpiece well, you know, you guys are in the corner, but then we're at the arena. Like I was warming up. And so Joe was like freaking out. He's like, Hey man, we agreed to do this fight because you guys said that, you know, her coach could electronically be in the corner. You know what I mean? Like this is a big fight. And so, uh, he kind of talked him into it. And that's how Alex ended up watching the fight on mute with the commission, like watching him, which is like, he got expelled from fucking fight league due to COVID, but it's okay for him to be around all the commissioners, I guess, to watch the fight electronically. Anyway, then he was on this, like, at least a 40 to 60 second delay. So there was one point in the corner where Joe would say something to me and then he would look at Paris and Paris was supposed to just repeat whatever Alex had said, you know, telephonically. And Alex was on such a delay. He didn't even know we were sitting in the corner. He didn't even know that we were all together. And so he didn't have anything to really relate to Paris. And Paris was like, I got nothing. So Joe just kind of skipped him and went to Bob, you know, and like, yeah, it was just, uh, it just ended up being kind of a shit show. I guess, you know, looking back, it's so easy to say, Oh, we should have just uh, pulled out of the fight or we should have, you know what I wish I didn't know that Aljo was going to pull out of his fight in October. And if I had known that, if I had known that Aljo was going to do that, then I would have asked the UFC to move us to Abu Dhabi in October. I Like I would have, you know, because I would have been like, it's at least worth a shot. And maybe they would have said no, because they really want to set up that interim fight. And like now it's cool. Like they got Sandhagen and Jan fighting for an interim or whatever. But I would have at least shot my shot and been like, hey, my coach can't be here. Like whatever. He's got COVID. Can we move the fucking fight a month? 
you know, I don't know if Valentina would have gone for it. I think it would have been up to her really, but maybe. Yeah. That was, that was the first part of my Saturday trying to work all that out. The whole Aljo situation. I was like, it was spent like my head was spinning. It was like being in there with like, you probably felt like being in there with Valentina. I was just like, how do I handle all of this? So much information. This is so crazy. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it's, it's interesting to, to, to hear the whole coaches aspect. So clearly this wasn't tested ahead of time, the whole earpiece thing, because it would have been, how could you like, how do you know, yeah. like when the broadcast and stuff like that? Cause like I was watching in my office on ESPN plus, but like some people were watching it and were ahead of me. And I was literally on the same site as everybody else with some people. So it's, it's crazy. So clearly this, this was not tested ahead of time. No. And we kind of expected like a seven second delay. Like, uh, I've heard there is that so they can bleep out like swear words and stuff. Um, and so we we're like, okay, there might be like a 10 second delay. So whatever you have to say, try to get it in about 30 seconds before the bell rings to Paris and Paris will relate to me, you know? And, uh, it, yeah, it just didn't really work out that well. Like, I don't know. And I can't say like, oh, if Alex had been there, I would have won. I can't, like, I can't say that, but I think I would have been more comfortable. And I think I would have, um, I think I would have, I don't, I think I would have done, I think I would have tried more things. You know what I mean? I would, I'm really comfortable in the corner asking Alex questions. Like I'll ask him stuff and he'll, you know, that I'm wondering about. And, um, I don't know. I think um, I just felt bad that DC, I guess, got on Joe's case so bad. I haven't watched the fight or like heard what DC said, but a couple people messaged me or like called us and said that like DC was like ragging on Joe. And I feel bad about it because it's like DC didn't even fucking realize that we only had three corners in there that night. Like DC didn't even realize that our fourth corner was gone and that that's the head guy and that that's the guy that was going to like be the sounding board for what was going on with Valentina, you know, and suddenly we lost like a major leg to the table that was like the support for this fight. And so anyway, Joe is trying to do two jobs at once. And he knows, Joe knows that one of the things I like the most about Alex is how calm he stays in the corner. He doesn't get all fucking like riled up and ah, ah, you got to do this. You got to do that. Like Alex stays real calm. I think Joe is just trying to emulate that, you know? So. Yeah. Cause that was one of the big things you know, with the broadcast, cause like you telling, cause my role on Saturday was I was like the play-by-play -play guy on our Twitter account. So like, I can't really hone in on everything that's being said. So I'm sitting there just like trying to watch and type like what the yeah. hell's going on in the fights. And like some of the, especially the main event, I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to keep up with these two crazy people? It's like almost impossible to do. So I didn't even notice there, there was somebody missing from the corner. And I don't even think it was even mentioned on the broadcast, but one of the things that was talked about on the broadcast, like, like you said, was DC and in the corner stuff, because some, especially in sports, like some people need positivity to motivate them. Like when I played sports, I reacted more to Mike, you suck. You F that up. Like you were <laughs> terrible. You cost us the game. Like that, like was that that got me riled up, but it's not like that for everybody. Like it obviously DC didn't agree with the way things are being handled and all that stuff. But like, will you go back and, and, and watch just to see what he said? Or do you just not even care? Cause you heard enough from, from other people. Like, is it even worth your time to even hear what, what DC had to say? Well, I hope it's not as bad as what people were saying. People were pretty riled up about it. And that, what were they saying? That DC was like just ragging on Joe super bad. And then, um, that it was like almost insulting. Like he, I guess he made Joe sound like amateur hour. Like, I don't know. I don't know really because yeah, I haven't I didn't... gone back and watched it, 
So I, I hope it's not as bad as like what's in my imagination, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I think like, uh, it's like, man, fucking DC doesn't know though. So like Joe probably was trying to keep me from getting discouraged, you know, like, yeah. and it's easy with a fighter like Valentina to get really discouraged. And I like, truth be told, I was discouraged, you know, all the stuff with my coach and then like going in there, that first exchange, I was like, okay, like I'm, I can't take too many of those fucking strikes. Like that was crazy, you know? And so it made me timid. And then, um, in the second round, I put her on the cage <laughs> and like, I couldn't move her at all. I couldn't move her legs. Like, and, uh, it's just like, you know, your, my confidence was just getting chipped away. And I think Joe was really trying to, um, in that moment, just make sure that my confidence didn't get totally blown out, you know, like that, you know, you still feel good enough to try to make some things happen. And, and, um, it's hard to convey all that in one minute. And then we're trying, we were all trying to like compensate for this fact that our coach had been like pulled out from under us basically. And, um, he and Joe feed off each other really well in the corner. So anyway, I think that's, I think, um, that was a big hurdle that we had and I, I tried hard to overcome it. Like I tried to tell myself, like, this is the kind of stress champions deal with. Like, if you're going to be a champion, you have to deal with this kind of stress. You have to deal with it well. And like, this is an opportunity to practice doing that. And, um, I'd be lying, man, if I said it wasn't tough though, you know, we all, I think we all tried our best to handle it with grace and dignity and make the best out of a shitty situation, but it was a pretty shitty situation. And, uh, yeah, I, I hope that next time I fight for the title, it goes differently. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully all the coaches are in time. So when you're, so when kind of going back to the coach thing, when, when you found out that your coach tested positive, cause I mean, as little as probably like two or three months ago, if a coach tested positive, like the fighter is out. Like if yeah. one person from the team, they usually just err on the side of caution. We, we pull everybody. Um, was that talked about at all or was, did they kind of change protocol on that? At least to your, to your knowledge. They changed protocol on it. And I know like the same thing happened to Sarah Alpar last weekend, like the weekend before, like her coach tested positive. And so I think she went out there with just her training partner really just had like one corner. Um, and so I knew they would probably keep the fight, but yeah, I was pretty disappointed because it's like they they were like, "Well, were you sitting next to him on the plane?" I said, "No." I said, "Are you having any symptoms?" I said, "No, I'm not having any symptoms. I already had COVID, you know, earlier this year." And they were like, "Okay, good." And I'm like, "Yeah, great, perfect." Like, you know, like, I know you said, "Wait a minute, like, <laughs> wait a minute." <laughs> Dude, I'd be lying. I was like, "Man, I, I, you know, once it was decided, like, okay, we have to fucking do it because otherwise we might lose our title shot." You know, and the truth is I did feel healthy. Like I didn't have any major injuries. Um, I had a good weight cut in front of me. Like the odds of that have, I haven't shown up this healthy to a fight in like years, you know? And so we kind of had to take that into consideration and like, anyway, yeah, I, I'd be lying though. If I didn't, if I wasn't like, come on, Valentina, like maybe somebody in her camp will test positive or like, you know, like maybe something will, she'll like. I don't know, get pregnant or something will happen like where the fight could just gets postponed, you know, because I did really want him there. And uh, it was like, man, it was hard because it was like, if I win, he deserves to be there, you know? And so that thought was in my head too. It's like, even if you do pull off this miraculous upset and you win this fight, like then the head guy, the guy that got you to this point, the guy that's been, that's had your back, you know, for this whole time, he's not even going to be there to celebrate with you or what, you know? So yeah, it was difficult. 
So you're back home in Houston. I mean, how, how was the rest of your Saturday night? Like the, the fight ends, you said you don't even really remember the fourth round. No nonsense. Yeah. Keith Peterson stops it. First time you'd ever been finished. You kind of had to like accept all of that. Like what was, what was the rest of the night? Like, did you just kind of like relax or like, what, what, what did you have to do the rest of the way or end up doing the rest of the way? Yeah. I was a little out of it. Um, we went to the back and like, you know, did the thing. I cried a little bit and told, you know, told my coaches, I was sorry. I told Joe and Paris and Bob, like how sorry I was. And, um, but honestly it was like, it was like, man, what the fuck can you do? Like, I, I, I don't know is that she's just way better than me. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> like it's a, and when you think about it like that, you're like, man, I think we did everything we could. And we had some challenges during the camp too. Like, um, I was healthy going into the fight, but I did get injured during the camp and had to take a couple weeks off. I did have like an illness during the camp and had to take a couple weeks off. And like, it all came together so that I was healthy before the fight and felt good. I was in good shape. Um, even with all the stuff that had happened, like with the coach and everything, I felt like I was in a good headspace. So like when I had walked out, I enjoyed the walkout. Um, when we were being introduced in the cage, like I remember I didn't feel like too many nerves, like I felt good. I felt pretty loose. And so that was all a good experience. And then it was like, once the fight started, I just felt like, man, the, the skill level and the experience level, man, I just, I was like, I can't match this, you know? So when you, when you get into a situation like that, it's like, what, what can you do? I just, I fought my best and go, you know, afterward, like, like there's nothing I could have even felt bad about because I feel like we really overcame all these challenges and really gave it hell. So yeah, I mean, it sucks to lose, but on the other hand, I'm like, did I give it everything? Yeah, I think I did. Is Valentina head and shoulders above everybody else in the division right now? Probably. I think so. You know, uh, I can't see anybody else becoming champ while she's, while she is, while, while she decides to continue being the champion, you know? So yeah. What one thing that, that you said in the buildup and a lot of past opponents said in the buildup is she's human. Valentina is human. Is she human? Yeah. Lauren? Is she human? <laughs> I don't know. She might be a robot. <laughs> even like, even like, uh, just, I'll never forget, like just going to throw that jab and her kind of ducking down and just the look on her face. She was like, yeah, like she just couldn't fucking wait to counter with whatever it was. She was totally present. And, uh, <laughs> it reminded me of like when Forrest Griffin fought Anderson Silva and he said like, yeah, I tried to punch him and he moved his head and looked at me like I was stupid. And then he <laughs> hit me back. You know? And I was like, yeah, that's kind of what this is like. Like this, this must be what it was like for fighters to fight Anderson in his prime. Or like I said, like play basketball with Michael Jordan one-on-one -on -one or something like that. Like it's, it's cool to be in the presence of greatness. And then even after the fight, she came over, you know, and she's all happy and she thanked my coaches and I was like, dude, you're the best. You're the queen. You're the best. And she gave me a hug. And then like her tweet at me too afterward, where she's like, you're a very strong, talented, skilled fighter. It's like, yeah, thanks champ. <laughs> thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I guess she's human, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> she's got human feelings at least. Yeah. Maybe somewhere under there she's human, but yeah, I, I mean, it's incredible. She's an incredible fighter. So I know the fight just happened four days ago. You're back in Houston and trying to kind of get everything back together, heal up. And and do you want to try to get back in there before the end of the year? Or are you just like, eh, we're, we're going to chill out and reevaluate. And then we'll, we'll come back in 2022 and do this damn thing again. That's the one. Yeah. I'd like to fight Cynthia Cavillo next spring. 
like um, March or April. So that if I have my druthers, that would be the way it goes. I'll just I'm just going to enjoy the holidays with my family. I can't remember the last time I enjoyed uh, Halloween, Thanksgiving and Christmas with like no worries and could just do whatever I want. And so I really uh, actually I'm going to go do jujitsu worlds in like a week and a half. I really wanted to compete at worlds. So I'm going to go do that. And then um, Joe and I are going to Columbia. We have a vacation booked. And then uh, I just really want to enjoy the holidays and maybe go see my son. Um, and then, yeah, get, get back to it and get serious, like at the beginning of the year and be ready to fight by like March or April. So, um, that'd be, that'd be good. I think Cynthia would be a good matchup and that'd be something to look forward to next spring. Yeah. I think it's time for that rivalry to be settled. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, let's, just get, let's just get it. The, the, the time is now let's just, let's just make that fight happen. Uh, last thing you did like a countdown pretty much throughout fight week, even like the two weeks before it's like 11 days till I can have this or 10 days till I can have this. What was the first thing you went for? Like you posted all the pictures of the food and all the different companies and all the different stuff. Like what was the first thing you went for? What was, what was, what was number one on the list? A cheeseburger. I actually had two cheeseburgers in a row. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, two cheeseburgers. And then, uh, Today, I'm actually going to go train so I can work up an appetite, but mostly just so I can go eat some more. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, well played. Well, well deserved. Listen, you went through a lot and I didn't know any of this. So uh, thank you for the candor and, and, and sharing everything. You went in there, you fought for a world title, you gave it your all. And I think your hand on this is as well as maybe anybody I've ever seen. So that, that just says a lot about you, Lauren. And again, we've had these conversations for a long time to, to see where you started and are from where you were and learning about you in our first conversation to, to, to seeing you fight for a world title was, it was just rad. Like it was really cool to, to, to see you walking up to bat of the bone. I'm like, Holy shit, she's about to fight for a world title. This is crazy. Yeah. Like one of the first people that actually like gave me a chance to interview them back <laughs> in the day. And, and, and now look, it's just, it was pretty surreal to see. So well done. Well-deserved. You definitely earned your way into that title shot. There's nothing lucky about it and you did what you could. And I appreciate you coming on and talking all about it. That means a lot as, as always, Lauren. So enjoy, enjoy training and eat that delicious food. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah. I think you summed it up. It's like, what can you do, man? We went after it and gave it hell. And like, I, I, I did the best I could with what I had and did my, did the best I could in the moment. And yeah, we came up short, but that's okay. Like, I think I still have a lot of fun fights in front of me. And, you know, this this game is crazy. Sandhagen just got a title shot coming off a loss. And so it's like, who knows? Maybe, uh, who knows? Anything could happen in this sport. So I'm not giving up hope quite yet at, like, you know, world championship aspirations. But uh, maybe for now, you know, <laughs> maybe for now, we'll put them on the back burner and just enjoy some time off. But yeah, it was cool, man. It's cool. And, uh, I'll, I'll never, I'll never forget it. And I'm never going to regret fighting for the, you know, fighting for the title and fighting somebody like Valentina. Like, uh, it is cool, man. I, I can't even tell you what it's like to be in there with like somebody that caliber and, and experience greatness like that. It, it like, I'm, I'm grateful for it at the end of the day, getting TKO'd wasn't that much fun, but <laughs> you know, pretty much everything around it was pretty cool. So <laughs> you're listening to the Vox media podcast network. Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into ServiceNow puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees. 
supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. 